0: This
1: this is Joe Cole. This is Ruben off the cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London Blue, Blue podcast. podcast.
0: All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back for another emergency podcast. That's right, it's the gift that keeps on giving, Chelsea Football Club, because there isn't a day where there isn't a story. That's right, the new motto. Thrilling since 1905 has never been more true than this exact week in history. Uh, Dan, one of your hosts here, no Brandon, he decided to go on vacation, got in the pod with Matt Law this morning, which we super appreciate. So again, Nick, this is an episode where you and I save the world, or at least try to make sense of Frank Lampard returning to Chelsea Football Club.
1: The most surreal day we've had in a in a list of surreal days. Like, what an unbelievable storyline this is what an unbelievable return this could be I, I mean everyone made the jokes but 24 hours ago when he was spotted at Stamford Bridge for the Liverpool match that oh wouldn't it be funny if Lampard came back blah 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 not a eight, not 18 hours later was this something that became a reality and I, I frankly i Dan, I know this isn't good for a podcast, but I'm kind of speechless at this because it, I I think we'll get into the merits of it and why it makes sense in, in a second. But I just I frankly maybe it's a failure of imagination, but I did not see this coming.
0: There are very few times in life where the clickbait headline actually turns into the reality <laughs> that you're living in. But this was, in fact, one of those moments uh, we're gonna be calling this the Lampard in episode as we dive into a little bit of Chelsea, that's right, going ahead. And from all reports, nothing official at time of recording, but look, we recorded earlier, and then Ornstein, Matt Law, Nazar Kinsella, Fabricio Romano, and so many more. Have put the pen to paper or the fingers to the touchscreen to put out tweets indicating that Frank Lampard is expected to be back as Chelsea's manager as soon as this weekend against Wolves before a match against Real Madrid next week in the Champions League. And so, you know, I'm just going to read the tweet from our good friend Matt here but saying that Chelsea have now asked Frank Lampard to take over as caretaker manager while they complete their search for a new permanent head coach. Expectation at the club is that he will accept. And then, bam, an hour later, I believe there's a chance that Ashley Cole and Joe Edwards could also be returning to Chelsea with Frank Lampard as caretaker backroom staff. Lampard on the brink of sealing this shock return. And as of time of recording, Nick, to add more smoke to tons of fire, or what we think might be tons of fire... Rumors of John Terry being a part of the coaching staff heading into this run of fixtures.
1: Can we just hire the whole Munich team to come back and and just be the coach for, for these Real Madrid games? I mean, it's just, it's absolutely wild. I mean, I I, I think my reaction is, you know, because we talked about the, the options the club have, right? this week we talked about it twice on Sunday <laughs> and, and published one on Sunday published one on Monday but uh, the the option was sack Potter and do an interim or sack Potter and replace him immediately with a new you know men's first team coach that will be here hopefully longer than seven months uh, what I think has happened here Dan and and I want to get your thoughts on this I think there are questions about why you would sack him if there was no real alternative within the staff to take the team over. Bruno clearly not wanting to do that long term or through the end of the season. And to not have a backup lined up when you're going to make that choice doesn't necessarily look great on when Stanley uh, and and Lawrence Stewart. So uh, it just so happened Good old Frank friend friend of the show, friend, friend of friend of Chelsea Football Club happens to be around, happens to be out of work after getting canned by Everton in January. and now he's now he's coming back and I mean, I don't know, just timeline wise what, what do you make of this?
0: It makes sense to me. I think this is a very logical decision. And if you take the Frank Lampard element out of it, putting somebody in the position who has coached meaningful minutes, In the Champions League, and being able to say that they're going to take over for, again, we highlighted this before, the two most pivotal games remaining in Chelsea's season against Real Madrid over the next two weeks. Having that is a way better pathway forward and way more responsible if our owners view themselves as custodians of the club. A bad decision by custodian would have been putting Bruno in the situation to manage this team against that Real Madrid side because it would be effectively waving a white flag heading into both of those fixtures. This is putting someone in the position who might be able to get a tune out of some of these players, some of these players who he's coached before at Chelsea, and maybe something magical can transpire And at minimum, you hope that it's just not an embarrassing exit from the Champions League, that we put up a fight. Like, this is a team that we were minutes away and won super pass from almost beating again last season in the tie. (laughs) And Frank Lampard's going to get an opportunity to do what he was not allowed to do last time, to take Chelsea Football Club up against Real Madrid in a head-to-head situation in the Champions League. This feels... I don't know. It feels poetic. It feels like a novel. It feels like a movie. It feels like blockbuster football.
1: You're a you're a sucker for a story, Dan. The, I am. The, the I smile am. on your face is just everything. Um, yeah, look. I mean, I, I think the way I feel about this is like, you know, I kind of said this on on the on the first of two Wednesday episodes, the Liverpool match review. Um, I really don't, I didn't understand why he was doing this. And I think the more that I thought about it and I chatted with some folks on Twitter and and stuff like that, I, I guess it is kind of a rehabilitation opportunity for him. Like he hasn't had a successful managerial career so far. I think he's done okay. He, you know, I don't think anyone's blaming the Everton situation on him. I mean, they're just a club that's in a really tough spot. And similarly, Chelsea are a club going nowhere right now. Uh, and so, you know, for, uh, it's, it's a free hit in a, in a way, you know, it's a chance for him to come back to maybe finish some business that he, he might not have felt like he got to finish, you know, the, the couple of months before we won the champions league in 2021. And, and people forget it's only been uh, two and a quarter years since he was last our coach. Like it feels like ages ago, it feels like five or six years, but it's only been two and a quarter years since he was sacked and Thomas Tuchel took over for him. And, you know, I think for me, uh, I I'm happy for him. I'm, I'm grateful that he is willing to do this. Um, I, I think it's pure vibes season at Chelsea football club where You know, we're just trying anything and everything to get, you know, the supporters back on side. And, you know, look, I mean, one of the things that I think people had as a reason maybe that they weren't thrilled with Graham Potter is there wasn't a huge Chelsea presence in his coaching staff. We are completely 180 ing that right fucking now because it is the preeminent Chelsea legend, the best player in our club's history and Frank Lampard. It's the best left back many of us have ever seen play uh, Ashley Cole. It's his former assistant, Joe Edwards. It's potentially, although I think if, you know, I wouldn't bet on John Terry being in the coach's box. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, it's potentially our greatest ever, you know, captain. And I don't, that's no uh, slight to, to to chopper Harris or anyone else. And, I I think, Dan, that narrative could supercharge a couple of players. It could make the fans rabid for that Real Madrid home game. And it could just bring what I think we're all a little desperate for right now, just a little sense of normalcy and security back to Chelsea Football Club. And for that and for the banter and for the memes, I'm fucking here for it, baby. That's what I'm here for.
0: Oh, uh, look, it, it's going to be a uh, joke, serious laugh, serious statement <laughs> um, type of answers again in uh, a couple of press conferences. And look, you know, it, effectively, if this appointment gets announced, you know, they we're recording this on Wednesday evening, U.S. time if it gets announced on Thursday or Friday. Lampard's in charge for the Wolves match in the weekend and the Real Madrid match. I mean, effectively would be an appointment for at a maximum a month and a half. So it's not a risky bet by the club in any scenario. And I think the context to me that's really important here, Nick, is this removes the situation where the board and the sporting directors are looking down the barrel, having to make this decision on a permanent coach and rushing to an end outcome when they're also preaching a narrative that they're wanting to do due diligence. They're wanting to be very thorough. They want to be very thoughtful. They want to make the right appointment. This to me signals that there has been a learning from the appointment of Graham Potter and a willingness to do something. And again, this Frank Lampard mini experiment may not work out well, but it will at least be something where, and we've seen this from many supporters that they would have been okay with Chelsea being in the championship and Frank Lampard being the manager until the end of time uh versus some of the other things. And like I don't think that's that's true. I think that's a a over uh, sell on I their don't part. I know about that, yeah. But I do think it is easier to root for Frank Lampard than most other people who would have stepped up to be in this position as the interim manager for Chelsea Football Club in another period of flux in another hard scenario because remember he came in last time in a hard scenario and had to put on the cape figure out how to use all the Cobham Academy graduates and not have a transfer window to start out to actually try to address some of the squad issues.
1: Yeah. And, and look, I, I, I think this is the best thing that could happen. You know, the, the interim manager, I mean, that could happen right now. One, you can't, like we said this the other day, you can't fuck this next higher up. You have to really be damn sure you have to go through intense vetting. That's just not going to happen while the season's going on. You know, you can you can have Zoom calls, you can have phone calls, especially if the managers are in season, right? Like you can express interest, but you're not going to bring them in for face to face interviews while while they're getting prepared to end their league seasons. Right. And yeah, there are a couple of managers that we're looking at that are not uh, currently coaching, but like. I, I think this is the the right move. I think the fact that, you know, you kind of got lucky in a scenario where you got a guy that everyone likes to come back, uh, even though, you know, I don't think he's necessarily a phenomenal manager, you know, based on his CV. I think there's, you know, a really good vibe about it. And it gives you a, it gives you essentially two months, right before the end of the season to get that hire in place, to get that hire right. And, for a team and for a management staff that has not got a hell of a lot right except for Enzo Fernandez this year. Um this is a this is an opportunity to to right the ship, to get someone in to prepare effectively that hire and to I think give everyone a bit of a a break from the nonsense. I mean, like we said, the league is completely a dead rubber right now this is 10 games left we'll see I mean I I don't think we're going to get more than 10 or 15 points the rest of the, the league season so whatever but yeah if you can pull out a you know miracle home result against Real Madrid I don't know you know maybe I don't I don't think based on their performance today, that's going to happen as they absolutely ran Barcelona off the pitch. But, you know, crazier shits happen, especially with Chelsea. So, yeah, I I agree. I think this is the prudent decision. Um, I think a lot of media have said that, too. I was kind of surprised by the reaction to this today. I thought many would kind of go in on Todd and the, the management structure for this but it seems like most people understand that this is a sensible decision
0: well we're going to talk a little bit about why you might want to be excited with lampard returning particularly from a champions league perspective and just review the resume again also talking about as we got asked the question of which players are going to benefit from lampard returning even in a brief spell but we're going to take our ad break and we'll be right back
2: bet you didn't see this coming hope you're ready to hear editor jake's voice for a while in the ads <laughs> this time we're coming with shady rays kick off the new year with new gear but To last, our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and more. Shady Rays is a world class sunglasses company independently built that'll have you thinking you're wearing some of the world's top brands that you already know with durable frames and extremely clear optics. Not only clear optics, but clear ethics as well, having donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America, something that we have done. At London's Blue Podcast. So, and if you're worried you won't like your pair, they will exchange it. They'll give you a new pair, or you can return them for free within 30 days. And if you're worried you might break them, thanks to Lost and Broken Replacements, you can get a replacement pair, no questions asked, anytime, exclusively for our listeners. Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code LONDONISBLUE, all one word, all caps, for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's right. LONDONISBLUE, all caps, spelled just like the podcast, you know, the podcast you're listening to right now. You can see it in the title. All caps, one word, 50% off, two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try it out for yourself. The Shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people.
0: Hi, right, Nick. So... You mentioned earlier, it has been a couple of years now, crazy to think, since Frank Lampard has been (laughs) Chelsea manager. But I thought it'd be helpful to bring back, not necessarily his Premier League performance, because it's a little bit of a different experience when you're playing in the Champions League, European football, European competition versus domestic competition. And so record, seven wins, four draws, three losses – Overall, some really strong results. I mean, look, we're not going to go back to the Krasnodar games and say that they were the, the height of football. Uh, the Ajax, uh, both of those matches, probably some of the uh, the better football kind of displayed under Frank Lampard's tenure. That Ajax game should have been a win, too. Yeah, That, that, that comeback should have been a win. Absolutely. Um, but th- these are all like, you know, outside of the, the Bayern Munich games, which the squad composition was severely outmatched and I think put us in a situation do not compete in any capacity um so I I do kind of write those ones off just a touch Frank has held his own in European competitions not just as a player but as a manager
1: yeah I mean that Bayern Munich team that we lost 7-1 on aggregate to is the best footballing side I've ever seen in my life they were Uh, And if you don't believe me, ask Barcelona, who they beat 8-2 in one game. Uh, They were the best team in Europe by far. They're probably the best footballing side I've ever seen. Um, So take that off the table. You've only lost to Valencia once in in the rest of these matches. And, yeah, there are probably too many draws in here for our liking in the group stages, which is, you know, part of it. But, um, you know, I think the team... Under Lampard, I was trying to, you know, I think we were talking about this before we started. I was trying to jog my memory about how we played because, you know, we're now (laughs) three managers removed from Frank being here, which is just insane to say in in two and a half years. Um, But, you know, a little light on defense at times, a little a little uh, tough in transition at times. But I think largely Chelsea created chances still struggled to finish them at times, but we scored more goals than we're currently scoring. And, you know, again, if you think about the long history, which I think I did, my math goes back to Antonio Conte's first year at Chelsea where, where we were last very clinical in front of goal and took our chances. Well, that's seven years ago. That was the third season of the London is blue podcast. And we are, we're in season nine now. So, uh, this this finishing problem is not uh, a manager problem as much as it is a performance on the field problem. So I don't know. Uh, it's it's hard to gauge where you fit against a Bayern Munich when you're looking at some of these results from, a uh, uh, you know, or, or Real Madrid, I should say, if you look at results from a, a couple of years ago. But, um, you know, he does have 14 matches in the Champions League as experience. It's not bad.
0: Yeah, and if you're going into it and saying... Hey, it's it's better than the alternative of someone who would be managing their third game, selecting their third starting eleven, and managing their first Champions League game. Oh yeah! Uh, look, <laughs> it, it it was different for Di Matteo, <laughs> like uh, different comparison of uh, of experience there. The other question that people were asking is who who's benefiting, and maybe who is going to see less time on. The pitch or maybe even in a starting lineup because of Lampard's return and I had some initial thoughts but I, and as I know you do as well um I, I do think uh the uh the, the sweet treat himself uh, Eminem Mason Mount will probably find himself back into a starting 11 pretty darn soon I think I could bank on that one and feel very comfortable doing so but uh let me know if you disagree with that one Nick
1: no Dan I don't disagree with the most obvious option that you could have picked I, I think the more interesting scenario is is what formation do you think he's going to play you think he's going to stick back three back five or do you think he's going to go to some sort of four three three
0: I think it's two with Conte Chilwell Reese James Enzo Fernandez I think you got to you got to go back three. You got to give yourself an opportunity to play forward. Someone, a good friend, Alec Glanville, did remind us that Everton were interested in Mudrick as well. So there is some potentially appreciation for the player from one Frank Lampard, who. You know, people do mock the talent ID, but he has been able to point out a fair number of players, uh, even though he has also maybe bench some players, and then we wonder why they didn't start or why they got frozen out, and they go on to be world-class defenders in Italy um, or strikers. Um, so, like, yeah, there's a lot of questions about certain things. Uh, I don't think the talent ID game is as strong necessarily as people say. Uh, we did get asked the question of, like, if during this return... Frank Lampard does even remotely well. Um, How much does this poison the chalice for whoever comes afterwards? And I think that is a interesting thought exercise that if Lampard, if Lampard goes on to win the Champions League. (laughs) No.
1: Just let's let it, let's let that die really quick. Um, I'll throw a couple other players at you because I think there is, it's a big squad. Right, There's a lot of options to choose from, a lot of options that he wouldn't have had his first go-around. I think you have to look at another forward option right now. And I think uh, you could see a return to the lineup of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang into the lineup because it's just not working right now. And I think uh, if I were to also look at a a potential uh, couple other options Front three options. We know that he really liked Ziyech when he was here. We know that he played Pulisic quite a bit when he was healthy. You could see a completely different front three to what we've been seeing moving forward. You know, I have no doubt that Reese James and Ben Chilwell will play. I have no doubt if Tiago Silva is healthy again for the rest of the season that he will play. But I think your your Trev Chalabas could be in line for maybe a a little bit of action. I think, you know, you, you look kind of across the midfield and you could see that three, five, two reemerge, you know, just depending on how much he wants to play Kovacic. Although again, I think you need to score goals. So maybe you just stick with Conte and, and Enzo Fernandez and do your best there. Um, but I, I think Batty is is playing football for Chelsea football club. Again, um, I, I agree with your Kukarea take. I don't think that will be an experiment that we see under Frank Lampard. And yeah, I think the the other thing too is the style that Frank ran that back three was different than Antonio Conte, different than Thomas Tuchel, different than Graham Potter. And if we remember some of our best performances under Lampard were in that back three, away at Tottenham, away at Arsenal, played on the counter sat a little deeper, congested the space, didn't let many people through. And so, you know, I look at this, you know, there, there's quite a bit of talent for him to choose from, you know, but, you know, Mason Mount getting back in there dead on. Like, it's 100% going to happen. Connor Gallagher might see a lot of time too.
0: Yeah, the the other one you didn't mention, which I think could be an interesting end-of-the-season uh, twist, is Mendy and the Kepa situation.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I,
0: I do think that if there was going to be an opening for Mendy to make a run or get an appearance back in the side, I, I know Brandon is not here. So, uh, I, I'm, I, <laughs> he can't, he can't defend the, uh, the goalkeepers union. He can't pull out the card. I I think this would be the moment where if you're going to make a change for the rest of the season, just to maybe see where, where he's at. You know who Kepa is. Who, I
1: mean, who's the you goalkeeper? Know, I, you, actually,
0: coach. you actually know who both of them are. <laughs> so, who's like, the,
1: who's the goalkeeper coach, though? Right? Because yeah. you know, are assuming that Bruno and Bjorn, uh, I forget his last name, is at Hamburg. Um, th- th- I think they're going to leave if Lampard comes in, right? He's bringing in his staff. Like, they would probably leave. So, is it Hilario again? Do you bring back? Uh, Sorry, I'm forgetting our longest-tenured goalkeeper coach.
0: Lalashan? No. It, yes. Like, you're you're not – I think you're going to be stuck with whoever – like, it's going to be a hodgepodge of, like, people who are staying, people who are coming from the academy, from the U21s, to, like, be in the first-team staff. I think there's going to be a really weird mix of personnel who are making up that backroom staff. And, again, to your point, it's a little bit of vibes. And you know what? Like, the the fumes haven't worn off yet because there's still a lot of excitement, but there's a lot Does that could Petr, go wrong with this. This,
1: this, this powder check come back.
0: Interesting. No, I don't, uh, th- I don't think so. I don't think that happens. Maybe, maybe, not. um, all right, so we talked about some players that uh, may or may not uh, improve or take benefit of Frank Lampard being here, and reviewed his resume. We'll take one quick eye break, and we'll just talk about what's going on with some PowerPoint presentations from managerial candidates for the permanent placement at Chelsea Football Club. But uh, before we do that, let's listen to some sponsors, and we'll be right back. Are you missing
3: out on your favorite shows because it's not available in your region? Trying to keep your private time private? Well, let me introduce you to NordVPN. If you're bored of the U.S. Netflix, why not just take it for a spin in the? uk using nordvpn and a click of a button you can do just that no need to travel to japan for your favorite anime when nordvpn brings it right to you with 5,000 plus servers no show is out of your reach using my link nordvpn.com forward slash london is blue you can receive a huge discount on a two-year plan with one month free. We all love to binge, but privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. They've also doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there's literally no risk to you with our 30 day money back guarantee. Give it a try. And if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll issue a refund and you can pretend the entire situation never happened. Check it out. My link, NordVPN.com forward slash London is blue to get your subscription started today.
0: All right, Nick. So the real question is, how good are your PowerPoint skills?
3: Pretty good.
1: It's all I do. So that's that's my work life uh, in, in in full effect for you. Um, now, I'm not a designer, uh, but my my slides do have a little pizzazz to them, you know?
0: Well, we seem to know what the transitions were in Enrique's uh, Luis Enrique's presentation that apparently was very thorough, very impressive, had player by player aspirational goals in them. Multiple reports that he was in London today, uh, time of recording, Wednesday, um, giving a presentation to the technical directors, to individuals at Chelsea. I don't. I don't love the idea of Enrique as Chelsea's next manager. Like, I, you know, again, when we sign somebody, I'll be on board. They'll get my 100% backing. Um, he's not my favorite name out there in the running. But I feel like it would be an expectation that if you came into this meeting and they said, hey, give me like a career trajectory path, pla- you know, planning path for each one of these players, that he should have that like absolutely ready to go for like, Hey, here's what I would do with, you know, with uh bad shield. Here's what I would do in the goalkeeping situation. Here's where I would take them. Here's where I think there's some, maybe some opportunities from what I've seen in the, you know, the Academy or some names that I'm seeing that I would want to dig in a little bit deeper on my staff could work with these players. Like, I, I just think that's an expectation. And so like, I think people maybe were overselling the fact that he had a presentation because like, this is, like a base minimum expectation for this type of job.
1: Yeah. But I mean, you can only beat the teams in front of you, right, Dan. So we came prepared. You know, I, I haven't even heard that. I've been so damn busy that I haven't even heard the, the stories behind the PowerPoint, but yeah, you would assume that if you're, you know, kind of interviewing for a high level managerial position that you would come with a, a lo- a lot of documentation, a lot of, you know, theory on what's going on. And yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, the, the two names that are out there right now, and again, when you have eight weeks instead of three days, there, there may be more names that are added to this list, are Enrique or, or Nagelsmann, right? And those are the two that are most uh, kind of out there. I, I would like to see the list expand, personally. I would like to see it grow. Uh, I think that is, is a really, really important piece of this. Um And, you know, these managers, especially as you get towards the end of the season, you might be able to access someone that you weren't able to in the middle of the season. So it may drag on a little bit into June.
0: Yeah, that's the thing to keep in mind is that this situation with the board going in, po- pointing Frank, giving themselves time as they can have those more in-depth conversations. So it gives you the time for someone like Nagelsmann who might want time off from being sacked by Bayern Munich to refresh, to reset himself, to not just jump back. I get that. I think that's completely understandable. Time off between jobs is usually a good thing from a transition standpoint, from a mental reset standpoint. And the point you made, it allows us to head into the summer, head in maybe closer, give ourselves a chance to evaluate other managers, I mean, we talked about Emmerim uh, before, someone who's a, a managerial candidate of interest. You have Pochettino, others being kind of linked as well. So ultimately.
1: The most wild one, though, Dan, Antonio Conte being linked <laughs> again, which is like, wow, like, no, thanks. I'm I'm all set on that.
0: Wow. Um, We could then have it so that our last two uh, (laughs) – two of our last three permanent uh, appointments were individuals featured in the handshake photo from the early part of this season. Oh, my God. Absolutely wild. Um, Yeah. Look, I I just – I think preaching patience with the managerial appointment is the right thing to do. I don't think if they make the announcement while Frank is in charge that that's a bad thing. No. Um, I think that shows continuity. I think if I were a player heading into the summer months wanting to know what my future looks like, having some solace earlier rather than later, or if I'm a player that Chelsea's considering going after, that uh, you, you ask Frank to do some salesmanship at the beginning of the, the period, and then you uh, bring in the new individual to help kind of close the opportunities. But in general, the chaos is turned up to a maximum factor there's no slowing down with Chelsea. There's no slowing down for us. This is just going to be the pace for the next couple of weeks as the news finds its way out into the world. And we're just here to react to it.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, my last note on this is um, I am very much looking forward to Frank Lampard's return to Stanford Bridge uh, to get that home game. Uh, and i I think it's going to be absolutely electric. We have some business to handle at the weekend first uh, against Wolves, a very beatable Wolves, by the way. So to get them back out there would be great. But I think as Chelsea supporters, this is not something that we ever saw on the cards. And I think we have an opportunity with, you know, very low expectations, right? To just have a little bit of fucking fun here and to send him off, In the absolute best way possible. He didn't get that chance while he was a player. He didn't really get that chance as a manager. This is the chance last day of the season after Chelsea have done whatever they've done up to that point for everyone in the crowd at Stanford bridge. And I wish I could be there to do it myself to stand up and applaud this guy for all of his contributions to the club and I really, really, really hope that that happens. I hope the mood for the match-going supporters is better. I, I hope the mood on Twitter is better. I have no doubt that if we leak a couple goals that it will stay negative. But just, guys, this team today, as it's constructed and as they're playing, is going nowhere. Have some fucking fun with this. This is the most chaotic, ridiculous insane timeline that we've ever seen. You might as well just let loose, you know, chug a beer, have some fun, do do what you do because it's all banter. It's all vibes. And and we'll get back to the serious shit when, when the, the summer comes and, and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I really hope that if we see Frank Lampard on the touchline on, on Saturday, that there's a huge opportunity to to treat him in the way that we know, uh, we can and yeah, the away supporters are gonna get you know their first crack at it. But everyone on Twitter, please just lift this team a little bit. They desperately need it.
0: Well, if you don't win the Champions League, the one thing that you could do that would make Chelsea supporters super happy before the end of the season is circling that match on the twenty eighth of twenty uh, ninth of April and beating Arsenal to prevent them from winning the league. That would absolutely be quite the little wrinkle that you could throw in to the end of the season here. If you truly wanted to be the banana peel, the heel that Chelsea or typically are in the, in the Premier League, that would be the opportunity to do so. And as you highlighted, Nick, give Frank the opportunity on the 28th of May with the home support around him against Newcastle on the last day of the season to get the fond Farewell that he did not, unfortunately, get an opportunity to get the first go-around. So, look, we're riding high. We're enjoying it as we can. Um, you know, there's a little less oxygen up here, so this is a little bit more of a frantic pace and a fun episode. And, you know, Brandon's away, so we get to play. But anyway, that's going to do it for this one. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of London's Blue Podcast. We've got Super Frank. Super, Super, uh, super Frank. Frank
1: but yeah, no, he's he's back, and uh, dude, Saturdays. I'm I'm actually looking forward to a Chelsea match for the first time in in a little while for Saturday. I think it's gonna be fun, and you know who knows what he's gonna concoct. It doesn't really matter. We're we're gonna be 11th probably or 10th at some point, but you know, let's just see. Again, my my uh, my shields are down. I'm ready. I'm ready to just have some fun.
0: He's ready to love again, ladies and gentlemen. But until next time, <laughs> you know what to do. Keep blue flag flying